Good morning, everyone. I am glad to be back with you. I was away for nine days with the mission team visiting the children that we support at the Amistad Orphanage in Cochabamba, Bolivia. What a great trip, and what a great ministry. And, and you don't have to build anything except friendships. The kids we support really just need our love and attention because they come from seriously damaged situations of abuse or abandonment, mainly due to the extreme poverty in Bolivia and the alcoholism that comes with it. All you have to do on this trip is open your heart to the children, be willing to kick a soccer ball, push a swing, or play many, many games of Uno. It's a lot of laughter and fun, doing crafts together, just letting them know that there really are people in the world who care for them. Amistad provides the very best family model care for the children, and they experience the presence of Christ through the love and the safety of the orphanage. Our church fully funds one of the houses at the orphanage and the eight children who live there. Plus, we support the older kids who grew up in our house who are now in technical school or university. But we also relate to the whole orphanage, and while we were there, we helped welcome four new children to one of the other houses. Two boys and two girls, all siblings. That was really a highlight, especially when the two girls went into their new bedroom for the very first time to have a clean, safe, beautiful place to sleep, something that, that you and I would just take for granted. For these girls, it was like walking into Disneyland. Their eyes just got huge. They were speechless. They were so happy, couldn't believe that they would be able to be together, sleep next to each other. Ask anyone on the Bolivia team, seeing their joy, I mean, it really affected us. So I just want to thank you for your financial giving because it's your weekly gifts that enable us through our regular missions budget to support those children. So keep it up. While I was with the children, I couldn't help think about why we're doing our current message series on God's hope for relationships. Without Christ and the love the children receive through Amistad, they wouldn't stand a chance of ever knowing what a healthy relationship feels like. Their families are just broken. I mean, just destructive, even dangerous. Imagine knowing that your parents just threw you away like a bag of garbage, left you on a bus, walked away from you in a crowded market. Imagine living every day in the fear of being hit or worse. And that's from your parents, you know, the ones who are supposed to protect you and, and nurture you. That damage goes very deep. And just as the love of Christ can bring hope to the children of Amistad, Jesus can also bring hope to relationships in suburban New Jersey. Now, last week, Nancy did a great job with a tough topic of abuse in relationships. And if you weren't here, I hope you'll go back and watch it through the church app or on the website. Because abuse is not something that just happens somewhere else, like in Bolivia. It happens right here in our own backyard, too. And as Christians, we have a responsibility to, to support people, to address it, support people who, who need to get out of abusive situations. Today's topic's a little different, not so heavy. But often it is one of the reasons why people stay in abusive relationships. It has to do with this unhealthy need to please other people. The fear of disapproval and the deep need to gain approval from others can really make your life miserable. To be honest, we all at least a little bit are afraid of being rejected. We all are. Nobody likes that feeling of being rejected. And, and we know how strong peer pressure and the need for approval are in our, in our teenage students. It affects you know, what they say, how they dress, what they do, the music they listen to. even affects the food that they eat. But, but peer pressure, it doesn't stop in adolescence. Adults are equally affected by the need to fit in, 
by the need to gain approval from their peers. How we dress, the labels we wear on the shoulders of our expensive winter coats, all our status symbols. So much of that is driven by our need to fit in. We all want and need approval. But it can get unhealthy when we need approval so deeply that we let other people walk all over us or determine our lives for us. When we constantly worry about what other people are going to think. People-pleasing. Is this an area of life where you struggle? Maybe as a little child you learned that certain things would bring a smile and the approval of your parents or teachers or other adults. Slowly through grade school and high school, college, and into career, the approval of your friends and family became the most important thing in your life. And, and now you wonder if you'll ever grow out of this fear of being rejected. Are you always worried about what other people think? As one young woman wrote in a letter to her pastor, she said, Why am I so weak? Why can't I handle their disapproval? I have opinions, but I'm always afraid to express them. I'm tired of saying yes to people just because I'm afraid to say no. I'm tired of caring too much about what other people think of me. I'm tired of being manipulated and used. I've, I've done things that I really didn't want to do all because I was afraid of being rejected. But in many ways, it's my fault. Sometimes I feel that I don't even know who I am. I'm just a collection of the expectations of others. Wow. That is a brutally honest letter, and I admire her for expressing her struggle so clearly. I'm just a collection of the expectations of others. If you're a people pleaser, then it is easy to be controlled by other people. They'll put you in boxes. You'll end up living the life that your dad or your mom wanted you to live, the life your spouse or your kids wanted you to live, the life your boyfriend or girlfriend wants you to live. But you're not going to live the life God wants you to live. If you don't break the cycle of extreme people-pleasing, you'll end up living the life everybody else put you in. And you'll miss the gifts that God has given you. You'll miss the purpose that God has given you. As we talk about this, it is important to know that the desire to get the approval of other people, it isn't automatically a bad thing. That's a legitimate need in life. We do need the approval of others. You just don't want it to dominate your life. There's nothing wrong with wanting to please your parents or to please your husband, your wife, your boss. There's nothing wanting, wrong with wanting to be loved and liked and approved by friends and family and neighbors and such. That's a normal, very healthy desire. I mean, if you don't care at all about the opinions of others, then you're a narcissist who is only living for yourself, and that's actually a real problem in your life, and that'll be a different sermon someday. But we all need approval. But like all of God's good gifts... A legitimate need can be misused. You know, you and I, we have a need for food, right, every day. But it can be misused. We all need a sense of approval in life, but it can be misused. Are, are you with me on that? Listen to what our scripture says today that comes from Proverbs 29, verse 25. The NIV translation reads this way. The fear of others will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Today's English version makes it simpler. It is a dangerous trap to be concerned with what others think of you. But if you trust the Lord, you are safe. If you are worrying too much about the approval of other people, the Bible says that's a trap. How is it a trap? Well, a snare or a trap is something that you fall into. Something that takes you off the path you're supposed to be walking. You're out in the woods, walking on a leaf-covered path, and boom! 
You fall into a pit that someone has dug and, you know, covered over. You didn't jump into it intentionally. You fell into it. So in life, we need to be aware of the fact, we need to be awake to the fact that there are traps and snares laid for us by other people. God wants us to use our minds to be aware that these things actually exist. And extreme people-pleasing is one of those traps. It takes you off the path God wants you to be walking. You see, God has a purpose for your life, a path that he wants you to walk. And if you're always trying to meet the expectations of others, if you're always trying to fulfill their purpose for your life, you're going to miss the purpose that God has for your life. In 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 4, Paul says, Our purpose is to please God, not people. That's our purpose in life. God didn't put you here on the earth to please other people. Your purpose is to please Him. The great Westminster Confession, written by our Presbyterian forefathers in 1647, put it this way in a series of questions called a catechism. The very first question is, what is the chief end of humanity? And the answer, our chief end, is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. For me and for you, our number one reason for living is to reflect back to God His own glory, and then to enjoy His presence and grace in our lives here and now. It's not about some future heaven. It's about how we live here and now. Glorifying God means realizing who God really is and making Him big in our hearts. When God is big in your life, people will have less power over you. When God is big in your life, when God has first place, the influence of other people over you is diminished. When God is big in your heart, then the control other people want to have over your life is going to be diminished. But on the flip side, when we allow people to be big, what ends up happening is God becomes diminished. And you give to people what really can only belong to God. You give to people authority and influence over your life. You give the people what really belongs to God. And God and people cannot both be equal-sized in your life. You have to choose who's going to have more influence. Whose approval are you going to seek the most? The solution to people-pleasing is to recognize your true purpose in life by making God big in your heart. Worrying too much about the approval of other people is a trap because it will lead you to move away from God. It will lead you eventually to sin in some area of life because when we have this unhealthy desire to please, we end up doing things that we know we shouldn't do. Exodus 23, verse 2, God gave this command to the people of Israel, don't follow the crowd in doing wrong. Pretty simple. Simple to say, not simple to do. When you look at Scripture time and time and time again, we see people who love the Lord, and yet in their own way they jump off that proverbial bridge that your mom's always talking about because other people were jumping, right? Proverbs 1.10 says, Dear friends, if bad companions tempt you, don't go along with them. And when I read this verse and when I look at the lives of so many people and I see their experiences of making really bad decisions, it causes me to ask myself the question that might be worth you asking yourself the same question. In what area or areas of my life am I caving into the expectations of other people? In what areas am I doing what I know is wrong in order to win approval or to avoid rejection? In what areas of life am I becoming hypocritical because I'm too concerned about somebody else's opinion? Where am I acting like a chameleon? adapting to my environment just to fit in. But I'm not being true to the Lord. 
You know, few things are as exhausting as trying to figure out what masks you're wearing, you're trying to wear in front of which people in which context. I mean, it's just exhausting. God doesn't want us to spend our energies like that trying to please everyone by wearing a mask. There's far too much positive that God has for us in your lives. When we wear masks, we fake it, we pretend, we don't reveal our true selves, we make ourselves look better than we really are. And Jesus knew that we had this tendency in the human heart. He spoke directly to it, Luke 16, 15. He says, you make yourselves look good in other people's eyes, but God knows your heart. God knows your heart. God wants you to be congruent inside. And regardless of who you're around or what context you're in, he wants you to be congruent, consistent, not full of duplicity, not wearing masks. And the fear of dis disapproval causes us to, to compromise things that are important, like the truth. That's why we say things that are socially acceptable than things that are really true. That's why we're also concerned about being so politically correct rather than the truth. But from God's point of view, integrity should be more important than popularity. That's how we become congruent, pleasing God first and foremost. That's how we can stop wearing masks. Because when we don't, it silences your witness. It silences your ability to simply share the truths of Jesus, who he is and how he's changed your life. When we are worried about pleasing everybody, you won't do that. Sometimes silence is golden, sure, but in other cases, it's just cowardly. The desire to fit in keeps a lot of us quiet. I mean, ask yourself, who around me would hear about Jesus if fear in my heart wasn't an issue? Who around me would hear about Jesus if fear in my heart wasn't an issue. Being a people pleaser will silence your witness for Christ and your ability to talk about your faith with others. So how do we pre break free from this people pleasing prison? The antidote is right here. It's between your earlobes. You change the way you think because this particular kind of crazy maker in relationships, it's in your mind. It's in you. When you have a fear of disapproval, Rejection, when you're overly worried about what other people think, it will run your life, but it's in here. So the change has to take place in your thinking. The Bible says in Romans 12, too, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, the way you change your life is to change your mind. The way you change your life is to change the way you think. The first thing we need to remember is that even God can't please everybody. Even God can't please everybody. Jesus said it in Luke 6, 26, woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. What does woe mean? Woe means bad news. If everybody likes you, it means you stand for nothing. It means you're a chameleon, you waffle, you've got a wishbone where you should have a backbone. If everybody likes you, it means you have no convictions, no beliefs, because the moment you take a stand, somebody's going to start throwing rocks at you. That was certainly true in Jesus' life. Many people did not like Jesus at all. And so only a fool would try to do what Jesus himself could not do. Let me tell you something. The only time in your life when everyone is going to speak well of you is at your funeral. But until then, until you get to your funeral, not every person in the world is going to speak well of you. You cannot please everybody, and you don't have to. God doesn't expect you to. The second thing to recognize is that some people are simply unpleasable. You will never earn their approval no matter what you do. 
Some of you have spent all your life trying to please an unpleasable person, probably a parent. Your dad or your mom said, you know, you're never going to amount to anything. You're worthless. Why can't you be like your brother? All these things. And in your mind, you, th you thought, you know, I'm going to earn their approval. I'm going to prove them wrong. But you've tried and tried and tried to win that person's approval, that unpleasable person, and you haven't got it. And I am sorry. I'm sorry for the pain that that has put on your life. But now it's a self-inflicted pain. It's a self-inflicted prison. That person that you've been trying to get their approval of all your life and you haven't got it yet, guess what? You are not going to get it. Some of you are 50, 60, 70 years old. You're still trying to get someone's approval. And that person may be dead, and yet you still struggle with this need for their approval. You're not going to get it, and you don't need it. You don't need their approval. You have to let that go. Whatever age you are, you have to let that go, this unhealthy need for approval. And here's how. The bigger God is in your life, the smaller the people are in your life. If God is big in your heart, when Jesus is number one in your life, he can set you free from this approval addiction. And when we focus on him, Jesus sets us free from a lot of things. His truth sets us free, he said in John 8.36. He sets us free from the pain of bitterness. He can set us free from the burden of guilt. He can set us free from the fear of death. There are a lot of things that Jesus sets us free from, but one of them is that he sets us free from the expectations of others. Wow. When you're set free from the expectations of others, you can be who your creator made you to be, not what everybody else is trying to mold you to and make you be. So let's be real honest. If you're looking to any human being to meet all your needs, you're going to end up being severely disappointed because nobody can do that. Only God can meet all your needs. If you're looking to any human being to keep you happy, you're going to be an unhappy person most of your life because that person, they're going to disappoint you. Human love has limits. Human love runs out. Human people will fail you. So you better put your happiness in somebody and something that cannot be taken from you. And that's your relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to look to God. Isaiah 51 verse 12 says, I am the one who comforts you. So why are you afraid of mere humans who wither like the grass and disappear? God says, I'm the one who can meet your emotional needs. Not all these other people. I'm the one. In other words, you know, people grow old. They die. They move away. They divorce there's death, there are all these things where people will disappoint us and disapprove of us. And God says, I'm the one who can meet your deep emotional needs. Why are you looking to everyone else to do the things in your life that only I can do, says the Lord. Here's the main truth we have to carry in our transformed minds. In life, I only have to please one person, and that's my creator, my God, my Savior. I only have to please the Lord the one who made me and who has a purpose for my life. That just simplifies life enormously. We all need to learn to live our lives for that audience of one. An audience of one. Like you're performing at a concert, you look out from the stage of life, and there's only one face that you need to see in the crowd, and that's the face of Jesus. And he's applauding you. He's applauding you. You only need one person's approval, and it's God's approval. Jesus said it like this in John 5.30. He says, I don't try to please myself, but I only please the one who sent me. Jesus said he was living for that audience of one. And we need to follow his example. 
You may have never realized this, but people-pleasing is really a form of idolatry. Because the first commandment of the Ten Commandments is pretty straightforward. Don't have any other gods before me. Anything you put before the Lord, it be, can become a God. A, a boat can be a God. A career can be a God. A girlfriend can be a God. A golf game can be a God. A child can be a God. Fitness can be a God. Anything that becomes number one in your life that isn't God becomes your God. When I'm a people pleaser, I've allowed something else in my life to take first place. Does that make sense? All of a sudden, the approval of others becomes God in my life because those other opinions matter more to me than God's opinion. What they think of me matters. I, I don't want to tell them that I'm a Christian because they might think less of me. Then you're saying their opinion is more important than God's opinion. And I don't want to let them know that I go to church because they may not like me. That their opinion matters more than God's opinion. And at that point, you have another God in your life. You have an idol. Let's not live that way. Let's live like Jesus. Let's try to please only one person, the Creator God, who loves us and who's already stamped His seal of approval on us. Paul says in Galatians 1.10, I'm not trying to be a people pleaser. No, I'm trying to please God. If I was still trying to please people, I would not be Christ's servant. This week, remember, you only have one person to please. Remember what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. Think about him on the cross with his blood being shed for you. He didn't deny you. He didn't, he didn't back down for you. He, did, he, he died for your sins. You owe him your life. He created you. He saved you, forgave you, and he's taking you to heaven. God shaped you to be you, not somebody else. God doesn't want me or you to be, to be you, and he doesn't want you to be me. God doesn't want you to be somebody else. As the saying goes, be yourself, everybody else is already taken, right? There's only one person in the universe who knows you completely and accepts you unconditionally and who knows the purpose for which you were created, and that's Jesus Christ. So we need to get to know him. This week, pray daily, study his word, plan on coming to worship next Sunday, make sure that his opinion of you matters more than the opinion of of anyone else. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you've called us to be your sons and daughters, that you have a path for us, a purpose for our lives, and that you already are that audience of one who's applauding us, who's rooting for us, who's cheering for us, who's giving us a standing ovation because you've already accepted and loved us. Help us to live for you this week. Doesn't mean we can't be concerned about the feelings and needs of others in our lives, Lord, but We've got to make you big in our hearts. Be big in our hearts this week, Lord, and help us to right-size the expectations of others. And we thank you for this challenge. In Jesus' name, amen.